Show on Grass Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Newman, and I'm joined today by Tanisha Singleton. The Greatest Show on Grass explores the past, present, and future of the reborn Los Angeles Rams. On a frigid Thursday night at CenturyLink Field, the Rams dropped to 4 and 10 with a 24 to 3 loss to the Seattle Seahawks in front of 69,067 fans, including former VP candidate Sarah Palin. The Rams have now lost nine of the last ten. Uh, they face the same issues uh, in this game against Seattle that they have all season. Gurley again grounded, drops from their wide receivers, and a defense that over the course of the game seems to get more and more dispirited watching their offensive, pun intended, counterparts. Three things I want to get out of my system um, before we move on to coaching updates. Uh, number one, Pete Carroll is a dick. Yes. <laughs> Late in the fourth quarter, up three touchdowns. He has John Ryan fake a punt and run for 33 yards. Um, That's a dick move. Ryan also nearly botched the play with a, with a bobble and a recovery, and he was then knocked out cold <laughs> um, at the end of the run um, by the Rams. Uh, Dieter Kurtenbach of Fox called it the most fascinating play of the season. I think it's the most dickish play of the season. Um, number two, uh, big ups to Aaron Donald, um, for, first of all, for being named to his third consecutive pro Bowl. Um, just of all the highlights this year, and he gave us quite a number of them, the Superman sack of, uh, Cam Newton, the Jaws sack, of uh, Drew Brees. I love that we get to name these. Uh, <laughs> perhaps my favorite play of the year came when he threw a flag at the official. Yeah. Um, every time he steps onto the field, he he just shows that he... He, he ain't taking he it. gives a shit. Yeah, you know? he's and not having it. that's a big deal it. when you're trying to be a fan on this team. Yeah, and it's so easy for him to not give a shit. You know what I mean? It's just a wasted season. It, it's just so easy for him. Uh, it would be easy for anybody to not, but he still cares. Uh, and number three, uh, the third thing I want to get out of my system, Mike Thomas, um, our sixth round pick out of Southern Miss, um, the week after he fumbles the opening kickoff against yeah. Atlanta, he drops a wide open 59-yard pass from Jared Goff seven minutes into the game. Yeah. Um, he has been, look, he came out of college, he's a sixth round pick, so he's, you know, not terribly touted, but pro football focus did call him one of their top 10 sleepers coming into this season. Okay. He's been plagued by drops all year. And, um, you know, I, for me, it's a couple of things. Every time he drops the ball, I, number one, I'm reminded of how bad a draft class this was. Let's, mm -hmm. let's just leave the book open uh, on Jared Goff, you know, but they've just gotten nothing from Farrell Cooper, Tyler Higbee. Thomas um, got a little bit out of Josh Farr's funny, the one defensive player and uh, mm -hmm. Tamara Hemingway, they've gotten nothing out of. But also it's just that number 13 kills me. The fact that he's able to do this um, and dishonor the legacy of Kenny Washington and Kurt Warner, who, who wore, wore that, that jersey number. in the process. I, I really, I don't know if you saw that about that, that note about the Chargers potentially rebranding when they come to, Los Angeles. I missed that. Yeah, they are um, 
you know, they ran, the Chargers don't have the history here in Los Angeles sure. that they've played here for one year. Um, they're leaving the door open on ha- having the fans help them <laughs> rebrand and with new colors and a new, new team name, name new everything. everything. So, um, you know, essentially they would be clicking the delete button on their history. Um, hmm. The Rams can't afford right. to dishonor their own history no. any longer. No, um, they've done a lot of great things um, to involve, tell the story of their forty-nine years uh, here uh, and uh, the tradition. They've also done a lot to alienate um, us from that tradition by putting this poor product on the field, right. treating the alumni the way they, you know have treated Eric Dickerson mm-hmm. um, seeing that number 13 on Mike Thomas's back uh, for me is another, another no, no, they cannot afford to, to do. Um, so that's my, those are the three things I just uh, was really upset about uh, this week. Coaching update. Um, lots of news. This is pretty much, uh, you know, uh, well, Ideally, we would be talking about stuff going on on the field, uh, but um, I guess we're imagining stuff that might go on the field years from now. Jim Harbaugh claims that uh, the Rams rumors were lies made up by his enemies. Um, lies. Uh, Vincent Bonsignori of LA Daily News suggests uh, that the Rams are going to focus on current NFL assistants, Josh McDaniels and Kyle Shanahan, who we talked about last week. But... Yahoo Sports Charles Robinson, citing multiple sources, reported Monday that, quote, the Rams are moving toward a meeting with ESPN analyst John Gruden about the team's head coaching vacancy. Um, He says that Gruden's the focal point for the Rams' list of candidates. Others could be head coach David Shaw of the Stanford Cardinal or even New Orleans Saints coach Sean Payton. Um, uh, so I wanted to get your, um, reaction to, to, to Gruden. I just can't imagine Gruden leaving. He's got a sweet gig right now, man. He's got a sweet gig and I know that they are are paying him a lot. It's not leaked whatever, you know, his salary is, but it's gotta be the best gig around. Um, and with his Gruden camp, I remember watching him talk to Jared Goff pre-draft, and he spoke very, very highly of him. So we spoke about this last week in that the priority for a coaching hire needs to be what you can do with the quarterback. Gruden knows what to do with the quarterback. That's his shtick. That's his whole deal. So from that standpoint, I can see why they're trying to put all of their eggs in that basket, but I don't think it's realistic. I think it's probably going to be one of these other coaches or an assistant coach. Would you want John Gruden? That to me is the big, like for me, it's, it's right now we're still in the, it seems like we're in the courting process. Nobody is kneeling down mm-hmm. uh, before another and, and proposing marriage yet. We're, we're just sort of like feeling each other out mm-hmm. and seeing where each other are. We're just swiping right. <laughs> we're, just, <laughs> swiping, we're swiping, we're just swiping right. right on these guys um, and seeing what happens on their first date. Yeah. Are you hoping for John Gruden? Would you even want John Gruden? I'd take John Gruden. You would? He, I would. I would. I think you definitely want somebody that's media savvy. He's got that. You check. Wa- check. You definitely you want somebody that has a track record of winning. That's pretty successful. Okay, I'll give you a. Ha- I'll give you a check. I'll give you a check. A bullet point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Jeff Fisher would get those he first would, two checks, by the way. That's true. That's true. I mean, he does have the 173 wins as well, but when it's matched with the losing record that okay. Fisher had, I mean, I think one, I think the losing one would trump the, the winning it's one. It's similar winning percentages, actually. It's not, they're not as far dramatic winning percentage wise, but okay, continue. I think Gruden also has, he commands respect. I don't think Fisher did. Okay. I don't think Fisher commanded the respect that John Gruden would. When he walks in the room, I think everybody's going to go, oh shit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think players would stop playing for Gruden like they did for Fisher, given a similar record of like four and nine right now. I think they would keep playing. You would see more than just Aaron Donald out there still competing every week. You wouldn't have people calling it a middle school offense like your star did in Todd Gurley. You wouldn't have this type of he wouldn't have done what he did to Eric Dickerson. That's for damn sure. Yeah, had a hunch their winning percentages were similar. Gruden is ninety-five and eighty-one for a five forty mm-hmm. winning percentage, and Jeff Fisher is one seventy-three and one sixty-five and one for a five twelve winning. So percentage. pretty similar. Pretty similar. Pretty similar. Um, Gruden a little bit of an edge, but you know less coaching experience. True. Smaller sample size. Um, oh, I hate stats. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> but um, I wouldn't not like John Gruden. I wouldn't be upset yeah. if we had him as our coach. That's for sure. It's worth noting that Gruden uh, and Kevin Demoff, who's mm-hmm. uh, the Rams' top executive, worked together with the Buccaneers. Gruden also, I should say, worked with Bruce Allen as his uh, general manager. Allen is currently uh, the Washington football team's uh, mm-hmm. president. Bruce Allen is also the son of George Allen, the most storied head coach in L.A. Rams history. So that's a fantasy scenario for me that mm-hmm. somehow maybe Gruden arrives with Bruce Allen um, like, oh, and the Allen family is get back at the Coliseum um, um, where uh, the, you know the patriarch of their family uh, presided over the fearsome foursome and some of the great you know, the great L.A. Rams, probably the two greatest L.A. Rams teams, 67 and 69. You know, I think maybe Demoff is talking about John Gruden when he says um, the profile for the next mm-hmm. head coach might not be a whole lot different than Jeff Fisher. These guys have very similar pedigrees. They've been out of the sport for a while. Mm-hmm. They've led teams to Super Bowls. They're widely respected around the league. They're big names. Right. Um, You know, don't forget, Jeff Fisher, that was a big hiring. The Rams and the Dolphins went to war over Jeff Fisher. Um, Fisher chose the Rams, I think, largely because of the, you know, total control, which we've talked about, Mm -hmm. and the fact that he had uh, Sam Bradford as uh, as his quarterback with the Rams. Um, And Cash, I'm sure, had a lot to do with it as well. But... Um, this it's this feels a lot like the lead up to the Jeff Fisher hiring to me, which I guess could be a good thing and guess could be a bad thing. Um, he's not my my first choice, as we talked about mm-hmm. last week. I'm still uh, I think David Shaw would be a, a great hire, but once again, Chargers are coming, rebranding, excitement around that team arriving, PSLs for the new stadium starting to go on sale. Mm-hmm. They might. You know, this might be another star play, just like the trading up for Goff. I don't know if it's a football play. I fear it is not. Of course, we're talking about this because Jeff Fisher is no longer the coach of the uh, Los Angeles Rams. 
On Sunday, uh, Fox released the first uh, you know, interview that Fisher's done. Phone the blank for me. Jeff Fisher was fired as the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams because? He didn't win enough games, and uh, the organization has a much bigger picture. And I don't think I was uh, ever part of seeing the new stadium. Your thoughts on the Fisher postmortem? It's interesting to me that he brought up the the leaked extension. I thought that was a little odd, and that pause that's in there. Um, it's it's interesting. I don't know why he has such an issue with the leaked contract extension. I think he deserved to be fired regardless of whether it was leaked or not because of his track record. It does come across as if he's complaining about yes. this juicy exit package that probably most Ram fans will never get a chance <laughs> exactly. to experience. A right. Multi-million dollar um, exit package. Yeah, and he also mentioned like towards the end that he that the Rams probably had no intention of him being a part of the new stadium. And so it's like, why, and then why give him an extension? Because it's basically just like a moving bonus. I do question like why you would do that, but other than, thank you. <laughs> like here's some moving expenses for moving the team across the country. And they yeah. just have the money, the means and money to do it. But. I just think this interview should have been two seconds long and it should have been two words. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. Five years, we waited, we were patient, mm -hmm. um, we tasked you with this, like, this ambiguous um, challenge of moving a team mm -hmm. across country. We treated it like it was some Herculean task. Mm -hmm. Then we gave you... As if they had to do the packing themselves. An extra... <laughs> so basically, when he says he was never in... A part uh, of the new part deal. Of the, was never going to see the new stadium. Basically, what he said... So that's still two more years away. So basically, he's claiming that he's he's um, bemoaning the fact that the team would have had they let him go just prior to entering that new stadium, only given him seven years, right, <laughs> to, <laughs> to to turn this team around. I you know I just listening to this interview um, does it piss you off? I, I wouldn't say piss me off. I, I I guess I just was left scratching my head. What happened to the swagger? Jeff Fisher was such a badass. Mm -hmm. um, I remember him as such a tough guy, as such a, and all I'm hearing is just, I'm Wah. a victim. I'm a victim. Yeah. I'm a victim. I'm a victim that uh, it wasn't, that I couldn't announce my extension. I'm a victim that, you know, a leak happened. I'm a victim that he wasn't part of the Inglewood um, dream. I'm a victim that uh, we had to travel so many miles and that I was stabbed in the back by Eric Dickerson. And, you know, we had so many quarterbacks. And look at all these, not to make excuses, right. of course. But we've had X, Y, and Z issues. He looks, such a, he looks like such a broken man. Yeah, he does look a little dejected and just like, I was shocked. Uh, you know, that he, when he was, when Kevin told him that he was fired, like that wasn't what he was expecting to come out of his mouth. That he was like, what? I'm fired now? Like, I don't... That's not the same Jeff Fisher that we were talking about during Hard Knocks. No. That looked like he had his shit together. That looked like he had his team behind him. And winning just solves everything, you know? And you didn't win. He's not a winner. So I don't know why he's surprised about the media extent and the leaks and all this stuff. Like, he's focusing on all these other issues that, like, aren't football related. Kevin Demoff already had, 
has said, he's gone on record that, you know, if in December the Rams had looked like they were turning things around and going in the right direction, like, like if, if Fisher had gone seven and nine, it probably, he probably wouldn't have been fired. No. Um, it was just the extent to which, um, he alienated the fan base with the poor play, enervated this incredible opportunity to you know, steal the hearts of Los Angeles. Yeah, um, it was a culmination. They really squandered a lot of goodwill. Then again, it, the the results are pretty much what we expected. Worst wide receiving core in football, worst offensive line in football, worst offense in football. Um so hopefully, uh, whoever this new coach is, he, he, he turns it around. The Rams are three-point favorites uh, against the San Francisco 49ers on Christmas Eve day. This is not the same Rams team that lost to the 49ers 28 to nothing in the season opener. They're actually worse. Yeah. The 49ers have had 11 different running backs run for over 100-plus yards uh, and have already set uh, the franchise's single-season record for rushing yards allowed. Um, They've lost uh, 13 games since shutting out the Rams on Monday Night Football. I still think that's probably the most difficult-to-swallow game of the year. Oh, yeah. Um, the last time the 49ers played in Los Angeles was 1994, uh, the year they went on to win their fifth and last Super Bowl championship. Uh, it's the worst defense in the league against the worst offense in the league. Something's got to give. Yay. What's going to give, <laughs> Tanisha? Um, I hope Goff can play uh, first. He was in, he's been in the concussion protocol after taking a bad hit. Uh, last week. So I hope he can play. I hope uh, Aaron Donald gets some more sacks and starts throwing flags at other people. Um, I hope Gurley gets going. That's been a mantra throughout this whole season so far. Um, but I'm curious to see, if too, if Cap's going to play on the other end. The, la- the latter of the season, he's been kind of having... He's been putting on a little audition tape himself, and he's been playing yeah, well. He's 0-9 as a starter, but his numbers aren't uh, yeah, that bad. Not, exactly. He's um, com- uh, only completed 55% of his passes, but he's thrown 13 touchdowns, only three interceptions. Uh, toss in 437 rushing yards. Uh, and um, He's not having a bad last stretch of the season at all. He should have won against Miami a few weeks ago, too, um, when they played the Dolphins, but... Yeah. Uh, They've hung in there against some good teams. They have. They have. So I kind of want to see a shootout. You know, I just want to see everyone throw for like 400 oh yards. God, that I would be see, I just want to see, you know, a horrible 9-6 to six game, but there's like 700 passing yards between it's both It's hard teams. to imagine. You know, honestly, I think uh, I think the Rams are going to win this game. Uh, I, I just can't see the 49ers moving the ball. I mean, I, they have, uh, I think they have one of the top rushing offenses. Uh, but I don't see where they're, they're going to be without two of their top receivers. Um, Quentin Patton's out the rest of the season. Tory Smith is in the concussion protocol and, the, and their tight end, Vance McDonald's out. Um, and this team might be one of the few teams that's in greater, bigger disarray than the Rams. Um, Katie, ba- I don't know if you saw that ringer story uh, last week, Katie Baker, of the ringer 
wrote about the franchise's uh, problems. Um, no. The whole, just the Jed York, yeah. and the Trent Balky stuff. Post Harbaugh uh, hangover, you yep. know? Yep. It makes sense. Uh, not a ton of things to watch on the field. Um, as you said, Goff expected to clear the concussion protocol. There's some talk of Sean Mannion backing him up. Yeah, he said um, he plays or he prepares as if he's always going to play, which is cute. You're always supposed to say that, but. I don't know if we want you to. <laughs> we might like him better as a as a fantasy, yeah. Than in reality, yeah. Know? If you play a backup quarterback draft, then go wait. Yeah, go that way. Uh, Kenny Britt's probably going to become the first Rams receiver since Torrey Holt in two thousand and eight to collect a thousand yards in a season. Hey now, uh, career year from Britt this year uh, from a production standpoint, even though he's. Um, Falling in less than 65% of his targets. Um, so he's, you know, he's by far the best we have. Mm. But uh, he's far from uh, being a superstar. Sure. Um, uh, I think uh, off the field, one thing that's really interested me, I found really cool, um, history being talked about uh, between these two teams. John Fossil uh, made it a point, uh, interim coach, uh, to, to tell the young guys, about uh, the time, how many, just how many times these two teams have faced mm. each other, uh, teaching them about the rivalry. Um, Roger Saffold actually cited the fact that the Niners lead in head to head over the course of history. Hmm. Uh, winning 67, the Rams have only uh, won 64 times. And Saffold said, Would, you know, let's move a little closer to getting even. That was kind of cool. Teams, of course, have. Uh, been battling each other since 1950. Um, first battle was in Kazar Stadium uh, when uh, the 49ers knocked Bob Borderfield out of the game. Uh, though the Rams went on to win that game, uh, nonetheless. So um, anything you're hoping to see in this game, uh, please don't say Gurley gets Get going, going. Gurley get going. No. Even though if it's going to happen, if it doesn't happen in this game, which I'm not sure it will. Um, yeah, I don't think given so. Given the state of the Rams' offensive line, why? Um, why would he even bother? Yeah. <laughs> why and he's bother just tearing so your dispirited? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he's just so fuck it, you know, and just like, Ugh. and why risk tearing your Achilles? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't want Gurley to get going. I, I just want to see. I don't know. I I just want to see a shootout. You know, I just want to see. Some seven, eight hundred, nine hundred yards in passing. I just want to see Kaepernick try and run. I want to see him get sacked by Aaron Donald. I want just something competitive. Oh, I should say the Rams uh, are going to be wearing throwback Yay! uniforms in this game. This they they're allotted two games. That makes me throwbacks. Um, they wore uh, the first game of the year at home against Seattle, uh, and they won that game. They used um, uh, the color rush campaign last week as an occasion to go old school, but I guess those don't count against their throwback quotient because hmm. um, even though they wore the blue and white helmets that they wore from 64 to 72, um, the uniforms they wore still had the yellow on it. It looked kind of awkward yeah. and weird um, and a little, not quite as awkward as Seattle's toxic vomit that uniforms disgusting um That's but not um hopefully uh yeah some kenny Britt, some jared goff um maybe some girly 
sprinkled in <laughs> and uh and the rams um uh, it would be nice to win out this season at, that would be home. nice thank you for listening to the greatest show on grass if you like the show please subscribe rate and review it on itunes and recommend it to the rams fans in your lives whether they've been rooting for the team for 30 years or one year